Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have one. Hold on. So you thought that I was just saying, hey, Sarah, this time. (laughs) I guess so. I don't know. We start the show the same way every week. I know. Oh. Hey, Sarah. No, I have to find it. (laughs) I got it. Okay. Hey, Sarah. No, do it again. Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch a romantic comedy. No, you messed it up again. (laughs) Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch a romantic comedy. I may have been a lonely home-wrecking whore, but I saved lives. Welcome to romanticcomedycommentary.com, or as Sarah likes to call it, romcomcom.com. And if you couldn't tell from that great opening line, mm-hmm. this week we are doing the film Just Like Heaven, which I had not seen. And had, neither have I. Well, then this should be a great episode because mm-hmm. well, I um, have now. Neither uh, had I. <laughs> either way. I enjoyed it thoroughly, but we'll get into that in a minute, Sarah. One thing that I'd like to do here at the beginning of the episode, let's dive into our mailbag. We mail. actually, all right. Well, in this in this week on the mailbag, um, the one thing it's not an email that caught my eye. It was actually a text message I got from a friend, Ooh. but it is a text message from a friend of his to him to me. So it's. Uh, what, do you to, have to say all this? <laughs> <laughs> so this is going so well. <laughs> so he was talking to. He, a friend of mine was talking to a friend of his and he mentioned our episode where we talk about grouper and we were wondering mm-hmm. if grouper is a real thing and the guy confirmed that grouper is in fact or was in fact a real thing mm. and that he not only went on grouper a bit but did very very well on it so in, instead of an email mm. I have a short text message he sent me because I couldn't get him to get the guy to send the full story because apparently it was pretty inappropriate but um it says, um, in reference, says, oh, man, Wingman Gavin was the best, uh, to which my friend responds, that's amazing. The grouper worked, question mark. says, well, the short story is my buddy walked into a bar and beelined to sit next to the best looking girl. That's the play. That's yeah. what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out all night, had a great night. Uh, he went back to her place and she went to the bathroom and came back and completely forgot who my friend was. What? She basically thought he broke into her apartment and freaked out. What? So that's grouper. She's that drunk? I guess. That's what I took you out of it. You can do that? I guess. Wow. So that's grouper. Or maybe that was a really clever way of her to decide she didn't want him in her apartment anymore. <laughs> that would be a bold, <laughs> bold play. Well, yeah. and, and then the other thing he said that this guy texted him... Um, he said he did really well on Grouper, and I asked Jared, like, what well, What exactly do you mean by he did really yeah. well on do Grouper? Did he take all three girls on? Well, he, all he said is uh, he's a big numbers guy, Ugh. and so I, I didn't get any more out of that. Believe me, I tried digging. So um, if you do have any Grouper stories that mm-hmm. are better than this text message, please email them to us because we will read it because <laughs> I'm would fascinated like more. by Grouper. Yes, so. especially from a male point of view. Is I just want like Grouper from any... Pr- oh, it's absolutely a competition. Yeah. Well, that's Grouper. Girls are more subversive and... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now that we've Hi. now that we've addressed that one uh, little part of a mailbag, 
Now, Sarah, one thing I do want to tell our viewers at the very beginning of the show is why we picked Just Like Heaven for this week. And by why we picked Just Like Heaven, (laughs) I mean why I declared to you, I've already picked the movie, well, the next two movies, I've already picked the movie, I've got it from the library, I'll bring it over to your house shortly. Um, Some of you... Which I'm fine with. And as uh, avid listeners, I think most of you know that Sarah is the resident New York expert here on the show. How did I become Because that? every time New York comes up, you seem to know everything or at least act like you know everything really? about New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our You've Got Mail episode, you really leaned in on knowing everything about hmm, New York. Right. So I went on a trip to the West Coast. And as I was walking through just the enchanting streets of San Francisco, I thought, well, she gets to be East Coast big city expert. (laughs) I think I get to be West Coast big city expert. This movie is centered in San Francisco. And that is how I, in fact, picked it. I just typed romantic comedies, San Francisco. And this movie came up. And let me tell you, I loved it. Uh, as usual, the reviews for this uh, 2005 (laughs) film do not match my excitement overall. 6.7 on IMDb, 55% Rotten Tomatoes, 3 out of 4 from Siskel and Ebert, though. And then like we found in every movie we watch that we enjoy, the Google Google. rating, Matt, 93%. Wow, 93? 93 on the Google rating. So uh, we're really figuring out that. I'll take it. Yeah, I love it. So it stars uh, the enchanting Reese Witherspoon and the amazing... Mr. Mark Ruffalo. That's true. The question is, when you were out in San Francisco, did you leave your heart in San Francisco? Here's the thing about San Francisco. I had a great time there, but I am cheap. Like, just, I am <laughs> You just, left your wallet in I, San Francisco? Jesus, I don't think we had a meal <laughs> under $50, and that included oh. in and out. So I really, really did like it. I would absolutely go back, and as I was walking around, I was in looking at houses and things. You know, we'd pull up Zillow and say, well, how much is that to rent? How much is that to buy? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking, well, what would be, like, if I could dictate the market here, what would be the amount that I would spend on a house to live in San Francisco? Yeah. And the amount that I picked was my high number, and it's not even in any realm of possibility. The city would basically have to turn into a wasteland for me to ever be financially able to move there. Mm. But yeah, so as we go through this movie, I will be your tour guide through San Francisco and let (laughs) you know uh, which places I've been, which places I didn't bother going, um, and which places I think I went, but I don't really remember super good. So Hmm. it's going to basically be me saying I've been everywhere in this movie. Uh, But even before we jump into that, you were talking about as far as romantic comedies go and plots, before how we're starting to see a lot of these that have a supernatural aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And as we go and through... someone who's been injured. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no kidding. This is the first one that it was addressed, though, by a friend. We'll get to that. Uh, right. But, you know, as far as classical rom-coms and uh, how we're going to start classifying them, it seems like that the... How we need to start kind of classifying them is um, th- the thing that adds texture to what keeps them apart. You know what I mean? So like sometimes it's a familial thing that is pushing them mm-hmm. apart. Then that is, or in this instance, a supernatural or an, it, that, that to me seems kind of as we classify them where that twist comes in classifying romantic yeah, comedies. Is what, so this is very much a supernatural one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not give away the, do you want to give the, should we even give a one minute plot summary for this movie though? Cause it has a good, the twist. Probably. Okay. I just won't give it away. Okay. What would you like to give well, them one? Can I? I don't, that? I don't think you can. Eh, give it away. Do you want to do a one-minute plot summary for us, Sarah? Sure. So Elizabeth is a woman who's a doctor in San Francisco, works hard, doesn't have a boyfriend. Everyone else around her has lives, and she's missing out. 
Uh, she is on her way to her sister's house to meet up with this guy who they invited to try to hook her up with. She gets in a car accident and we don't know what happens to her. Then Mark Ruffalo comes on the scene. He's looking for an apartment to rent. He happens to rent a very nice apartment in downtown San Francisco. And he keeps getting haunted by the ghost of Reese Witherspoon, a.k.a. Elizabeth. And he's trying to figure out if she's dead, what the heck's happening. They kind of start falling in love. Turns out she's in a coma. He has to save her because they're going to take her off life support. Hilarity ensues. There's a van chase. He ends up saving her, and then she forgets who he is when she comes back to life. And then finally, he builds this giant garden, and she remembers him at the end. So again, it opens with her in the hospital, shows that she's a doctor. She's running herself ragged. She's been there for 26 hours. Which you know, is she illegal now. Is it? It mm-hmm. should be. Uh, but we have friends that are doctors, too, and they do talk about how insane this is. And it got me thinking, like, is there a world in which you would have become a doctor? Maybe. A vet. That's what I first started school for. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, I, I would think a vet's a little different. I don't think they're exactly pulling these hellacious hours in their residency and all that. So no. I can tell you I would not be a doctor for anything. Not, really? not in, in, in Irrespective of the schooling and the bills and all that, just the physical job, mm-hmm. I think it would break me into mm-hmm. not just the hours and all that, but okay, well, good. So neither of us are going to be doctors. Maybe you'd be a vet, but... Maybe. Uh, so she ends up finding out that she gets some type of promotion and then the... Yeah, she gets the residency, so she gets to stay in San Francisco. And then she... And there's this wienery guy who's <laughs> her uh, counterpart, her... He's a... What are they called? A doctor? What's the first year called? I don't know really anything about I can't about remember. Maybe that's resident and then she gets the placement or whatever. Mm. Anyway, he's on the same level as her and he ends up getting her spot when she gets in that accident and he's like not dedicated to the patients and just worried about getting a Jaguar and he's just kind of a wiener. She had in this movie, I think three outfits. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It says other than about five scenes... She is in the black outfit with the red shirt the entire movie. So we see her in scrubs here. Then she changes into that as a first date outfit. It's like mm-hmm. black pants, red top, jacket? Sweater. Yeah. Sweater. Is that a good first date outfit, Sarah? Ooh. Maybe in 2005. <laughs> it's very, it looks dated now. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's weird to have a red shirt sticking out the bottom of your jacket. But in 2005, would you have worn that? I guess. I wore a lot of... <laughs> jackets like that in college i look back on it like what was i doing i don't know oh i still wear all my stuff from college we've been through that so she leaves a we see a bus or truck headed towards her boom we snap to mark ruffalo i love mark ruffalo (laughs) i cannot get enough of this guy he's great when i love him in these romantic comedies because and again it plays what we've talked about before like he's a good looking guy but i feel like I and I and you know let's talk about how pretty I am. I feel like I'm on the same level as Mark Ruffalo to some extent. Like yeah. I feel like if I was walking down the street with Mark Ruffalo, it wouldn't be like, oh, there's Justin and his super attractive friend. I, yeah, I, you know he, he seems, has a rumpled quality. Yeah, and he's he's got a great delivery. He seems like a good guy. Mm-hmm. I would love to have Mark Ruffalo buy me a drink because he makes millions of dollars, so he would be buying around. That's true, and he likes scotch. Yeah, he loves scotch. And do you know what else he loves? 
<laughs> MGD. He has he, that's really? all he's drinking in this. Yeah, through the whole the apartment oh, is littered with just MGD yeah. cans. Oh yeah, I have no MGD. clue what Mark Ruffalo likes in real life. Um, <laughs> but Mark, if you would like, if you're ever in Columbus and you would like to come hang out, like I said, you make a lot more money than me. Like I'd offer to buy the round, but mm. I'm, man, I'm really hoping you pick that thing up. You have Infinity War money. We'll so, buy you the MGD and you buy a scotch. I think that's fair because mm-hmm. I would drink the MGD and mm-hmm. yeah. He ends up looking, he's looking for apartments in San Francisco. We don't know why. There's no clarity as to what he does either. Now. He must have there's, Well, there's money. no clarity as to what he does now. It's, mm-hmm. We know he used to be a landscape architect. We don't know. Do we know that at the beginning? Well, not the beginning, no. But I mean, we find, we find that find out, out much later. Yeah. But he's just looking for apartments, and all of them are really super nice. And I have to believe even San Francisco in 2005 was outrageous. Oh, price. absolutely. But, he's, but they're not... I wouldn't say that Zen Garden one is, like, so random. But, it's big, but I mean, it's a big space. Yeah, and the no, big loft space and yeah. all that. So that's why I'm assuming... All he cares about is the comfortable couch. Well, let me tell you, when I was in San Francisco, Sarah, as I was walking around, um, zillowing all the apartments, it mm-hmm. uh, the pretty small ones were still getting up there at, like, three grand a month yeah. to rent. So he must have done pretty well at something. Yeah. And he ends up looking at all these zany apartments and none of them are any good. And then he gets smacked in the face by a sublet yeah, flyer and goes and checks out. And it is one of the most gorgeous apartments mm-hmm. ever. I mean, it's just, it's got a, mm-hmm. I think they said, so I, I did listen to the director's commentary and mm-hmm. um, I think they said that this apartment, well, it literally doesn't exist. They uh, created it on a soundstage. No, but I, they created the roof. The roof? I thought they... No, they no. were... They it were... says, according to IMDb, co-screenwriter Leslie Dixon suggested using the apartment where she used to live for shooting. Well, either way, it's an amazing apartment. Mm-hmm. And I don't... With like there's, a turret. There's just no way that area. view is real. There, It can't be. That's just too perfect of a view. I know. It's, so he gets the apartment. He proceeds to get really drunk. He wanted to make sure he had a really good couch to sit on, too. Mm-hmm. That was like his one... Again, if you're getting an apartment that we can believe it's is, furnished, well, but if we, if we're to believe that you are paying three grand a month plus for rent, that apartment, it's I'm probably like one, five grand. One well, still start okay. So if, if you can spend five grand a month on rent, mm-hmm. you know, one would think that you could pop for like a couple hundred, five, six hundred bucks for just a couch you like. He to has sit no on to time get drunk. for that. He's got to get drunk all the time, mm-hmm. so he, he just gets, needs it there. So he gets real drunk, and out of nowhere, Reese Witherspoon shows up. And this is like a year later, right? No. Or how long How long from it's been her? three months. Okay, so it's like three months, and all of a sudden, Reese Witherspoon appears. And she's... Yell at him because he's going to leave a ring on the coffee table. Yeah, and she thinks he's just like a hobo that wandered into her <laughs> apartment. And she is way too calm for finding a who she believes is a homeless man in her apartment. <laughs> That's the first thing that jumped to my mind. I think I would have a freaking heart attack yeah. if I walked in and someone's just in my house. That would be pretty scary. And then she kind of like disappears or reappears or... Yeah, and she seems to only come out when he's doing something that makes her mad, which usually involves making a mess mm-hmm. or not taking care of things. And then he, the next day, he ends up meeting with his sassy side friend, one Mr. Donald Logue. One Mr. Donald Logue. Donald, no D. One Mr. Donald Logue. It's <laughs> <laughs> Irish. <laughs> well, he is fantastic, and I love him in everything he does, even though I have not been pronouncing his name right for a long time. Well, that's all. 
details. And, and then, you know, Donald Logan's up kind of start he i think of all the sassy side friends we've seen so far donald Logue is the one that seemed doing it again i'm gonna keep calling him <laughs> donald Logue. i think all these years of watching his films have ingrained it in me donald donald Logue. there you go uh of all the sassy side friends we've seen he's the one that seems to provide like sound advice like sound real world advice at one point in this movie he's saying like maybe you need to go get some psychiatric help yeah um you know maybe not commit yourself because that's a big deal but i think mm-hmm. you need to go see somebody well, and and- he is apparently a psychologist mm-hmm. so he has training mm-hmm. and is checking in on him and stuff which is good but he still doesn't stop him from inviting him out to bars and Stealing a but body. But I, I feel like overall, he, of all the sassy side friends we've seen, he's the one. You know what it is? It's that he was worried about his friend having some sort of uh, psychiatric Mental issue. Breakdown. Yeah, and actually addressed it. So in, the, in, in lieu of the films we've seen recently, I appreciated that. Yeah, his advice is more professional. After meeting with Donald Logue, then he goes back to his apartment, and Reese Witherspoon, again, keeps bothering him more and more, and this mm-hmm. is where we see In her. the shower... <laughs> He comes out of the shower, and what crazy person, well, that's later, because he knows she's watching him. First time he comes out of the shower, she surprises him. Who wipes their hands across their mirror to clear the fog? That is like such a stupid thing to do. But what if it's really foggy and you can't reach a towel? (laughs) Well, you just leave streaks all over the mirror. Yeah, but what if you really need to see something and you can't? (laughs) (laughs) but he doesn't need to see something he's wiping his hand across the mirror and that's when she surprises him in behind him you know in the reflection of the mirror you've never taken your hand and and ran it across the mirror when you not since i was like eight and then got yelled at for leaving streaks all over the mirror while we lead two very different (laughs) lives i i I do that with some degree of frequency when i get out of the shower because i'm not gonna wait for the steam to go away and i and i'm i can't reach a towel from where the mirror's at and streaks How don't... you're wearing? Well, but then I'd be naked. By yourself? <laughs> God, God and the Holy Spirit are there, Sarah. They're in the shower, too. <laughs> so Reese Witherspoon proceeds to bother him. This is where she's singing at him, right? I don't know. Does this matter? She bugs him a bunch of times. Yeah, and she's singing to him and all that. And he then decides to, like, oh, this is the last straw. You need, you know... You need to get out of my apartment. He proceeds to go to... No, he he says, has anything dramatic happened to you lately? And she's like, no, why? And he's like, like dying? And she's like, I'm not dead. And then he's like, look around you. And she's standing in the middle of the table. And like, because she has no form, she can like be in into inanimate objects. How is that? How do you say that? And then she's like, but I'm not dead. So then he goes out to the bar with Donald Lug, right? Donald. Donald. No D. Yeah. <laughs> so they go and, and we get awesome. I mean, just Mark Ruffalo can do some killer comedic comedy mm-hmm. because she's worried about his drinking because apparently he's been drinking. And how bad does your drinking have to be that a ghost is concerned? <laughs> <laughs> so... He he orders a whiskey and a scotch. Uh, he orders a scotch and 
Reese She's Witherspoon. Like, Don't you dare! He's like, make it a double. And somehow she can interact with corporeal forms at this point. She jumps she into couldn't. his body, yeah. And she's like, you know, whipping him, around and he throws the scotch on somebody. And oh the way yeah, he walks that's out true. Of the bar, she yeah. couldn't touch him before, yeah. and now all of a sudden she can like, yeah. slap him and move his arms around. I think it was because they were just meant. I think that's that's how I explain it away. Just along with everything else in the movie, they were meant hmm. for each other. So she could have a but special sometimes connection she with can them. and sometimes she can't it, well maybe it's a passion-based thing like yeah, it's really like important. a poltergeist yeah well, i mean like she maybe she really wanted to do this and cared about it like when they were mm-hmm. laying in bed creepily touching each other and it kind of like shined. see i didn't think that she was actually touching him i thought her hand was just starting to melt into his <sighs> i took it as a touch melt thing. because she says if we could really touch that may wake me up hmm I don't. Uh, so that's why her hand melts into well, I guess his. Here, I had this written later, but I guess this is a good time to address it. They do kind of play fast and loose with ghost rules, and I don't mm-hmm. know ghost rules. Like, like why does she stand on the floor? But she but goes she can through jump the, out the window, or, or, yeah. or she can ride in the truck, but mm-hmm. she can step through the truck. So is it is it a decision, or is it an a, an unconscious decision? That's the only thing I can think of. It is it like maybe there's I don't. I spent zero time thinking no, about it. Sarah, I want to get to I the bottom. I want to get to the bottom. It's just whatever the hell the director wanted no, to happen. I want to get to the bottom of the ghost physics of just oh, like boy. heaven, okay? I don't think they got to the bottom of well, it. Well, I'm going to right now. So what I think is happening <laughs> is that if she... So the floor, she she has to walk on the floor when she was a... That's all you can do on a floor. So she's walking on the floor. She believes she'll walk on that's the floor. all you can do on the floor? Well, I mean, you, she, you, you don't fall through the floor ever, okay? You don't see ghosts ever fall through the floor. So that's yeah. what she envisions a ghost doing. Oh, yeah. But you do see ghosts through, go through walls. Oh. So she believes she'll fall through the wall. She believes she can go through walls hmm, and, and that's doors. Interesting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that as my All explanation right, for it. ghost fix, physics. Thank you. Ghost phase. <laughs> you know what's funny is entirely irrespective of this film, I mm-hmm. was having a text message conversation with... Uh, Jeff earlier today, a friend of the show, Jeff, mm-hmm. we were talking about someone from this camp we volunteer at. We were trying to, neither of us could figure out who it was. Like I said, who is this person? And mm-hmm. we couldn't figure it out. And I was like, oh my God, what if she was a ghost? Whoa. And he was like, I don't remember. She's who. been dead 20 years. And he was he was saying, I don't know who you're talking about either. And we were working back and back. And he's like, I think I know who you're talking about, but I can't find a picture of this or that. And mm-hmm. I went, maybe you should ask her out. Cause I remember you guys having a really good rapport He's like, wait, are you, are you telling me to date a ghost? And are I mean, you just like heavening me? A hundred percent was not thinking of this movie. And earlier Weird. today I was having a conversation about him, how he should just try to <laughs> date a ghost and see where things go. Yeah. It worked Let's out. put it out into the ether. Well, I mean, Dan Aykroyd, not only in Ghostbusters, but he claims in real life has uh, slept with a ghost. What? I swear to God. Whoa. Swear to God. So, okay. All right. So we've well, got we some got ghost Dan talk. Dan Aykroyd. We've got Demi Moore. <laughs> Kind of Mark. I mean, Mark Ruffalo touched a ghost. Yeah. And the intent was Fell there. in love with a ghost. He did fall in love with a ghost. Who else has fallen in love with? Oh, um, oh my gosh. I was obsessed with Casper when I was a kid. Oh, I was just watching that Devin the other day. Sala yeah. And Christina Ricci. Ah, that's where my love of architecture began. Really? That house, that big old mansion is crazy. And I kept trying to draw it and figure out how the rooms went. Really? Yeah. Oh, Wow. Uh-huh. I was always, I always thought the contraption was so neat. The big. Oh, yeah. Kinda, the Rube Goldberg kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it had all these dials and mm-hmm. levers and things like that. So. Brush your teeth, make your toast. I actually just Googled ghost love stories. There's the lake house of Sandra Bullock. She fell in love with a ghost, apparently. Yeah. 
Um, no, this list is oh, bad. Oh, um, What Lies Beneath. I don't think I know that one. Harrison Ford and um, Michelle Pfeiffer. I've never seen that one. Oh my gosh, it's scary. Uh, Dracula. Of course, these see these lists are dumb. They're not Obvi. What, they're not what we want. Hmm. Bride of Frankenstein. Like, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay, we we. Bill can... Pullman is in love with his ghost wife. See, you're already making a better list of. Well, that's the same movie. Ghost love movies. It's still Casper. Well, yeah, but your your movie is still Ghost Love. Ghost Love. Ghost World. That's a good movie. Then this brings up a good question then, Sarah. Um, yes. Would you date a ghost? Sure. <laughs> I mean. Would you have any writers attached to that? Most people would think though? I was crazy, so I'd have to be by myself a lot. Yeah, but, you know, if you really love the ghost, what would be what would be a ghost deal breaker for you? Like if they, would there be a way that, like like a deal maker would be if they died saving puppies? Like, that would be a ghost date deal maker. Oh, you maker. have to judge how they die? Well, not necessarily. I'm just trying to think of things that would make or break your, you dating well, a I'm ghost. I'm not dating anyone that died in prison or on death row. That's okay. for sure. Yeah. But, like, again, saving puppies, saving children, saving someone, that would be a ghost deal maker. Yeah. Um, what if they had, not that money matters, but let's say that they had a fortune when they passed away and they could lead you to it. Buried oh, yeah. treasure style, but, but that seems um, like I'm in it for the money. Yeah, and then invariably, what would happen is at the end of your treasure hunt, you would have to choose between love and money. Yeah, and if you chose the money, then something would happen and you die. So it's okay. So that if I would... chose love, they'd come back to life. What about what about if the ghost had an amazing apartment in San Francisco? Well, sure. So you would, uh, to make things clear, you would date a ghost if he died saving puppies. Or if he was Patrick Swayze. Well, yeah. Or if he had a bunch of money, but not for his money, but it would just be a nice plus. Sure. Or if he had a really, really nice apartment in San Francisco. Nice thing about ghosts is they don't require much... You don't have to feed them or clean up after them. But what would you do? Then what would you do on a date with a ghost? Like you would, you wouldn't go out to dinner. I guess you could go to a movie. Mm -hmm. I guess you go to a sporting event, but then you'd look like a wackadoo talking to yourself. Yeah. You could just put a earbud in your ear and pretend you're talking on the phone. Just look like a jackass instead of crazy. Yeah. I guess that works. I guess you could go on a lot of nature hikes. Mm-hmm. I guess dating a ghost really favors people that like to be outdoors. Yeah. Okay. Well, Hello. hey, if you're dating a ghost or have ever considered the idea, oh, no. Yeah, shoot us an email. Just let Can us you know. Get into Mari. Well, just Mari I mean, territory it still could be interesting. Yeah. Give us some de- some ghost deal makers or deal breakers. Uh, at this point, Mark Ruffalo decides to go to see Napoleon Dynamite. In a what? Oh. yeah, he goes to see. Uh, <laughs> like he didn't see a movie. No, he went to go see John Hader. This is his second role or his first role after Napoleon Dynamite, mm. and he works at a bookstore. Where yeah, what the heck was it called? The Occult Something. I thought I had been to this bookstore until I listened to the director's commentary, and I had not been to this bookstore. Mm. But it looked like a bookstore I had been to. It's in the Castra, or no, it's not in the Castra. It's in Mission. Mission. It's in the yeah. Mission District. See, I know San Francisco too. No, you get to know you. You know, you get to know New York. You don't get two cities. <laughs> so he goes in. He talks to uh, John Hader, 
But it's not his name, John Hader. Yeah, he's like the ghost guru. He or John Hader, that's it. I know I was saying it wrong. He Is it in, pronounced Hader or Hader? It's H E D no H A D E R. Why Google correct? H E D no, it's H E D E R. Let's go Hader. Hmm. Uh and he works in a cult bookstore and it was pretty funny. He started, he's like, well, what do I need? He starts laying him down with books and um, someone came up and requested a book. He told him where it was at. He was like, oh, that's all like fooey science or something like that. Mm. Yes. Then he ends up taking these books. Then we see an, oh, here's our romantic comedy montage, a montage of people coming through doing seances and mm-hmm. yeah, the Joy Luck Lighting, Club, she um, says, comes. Sage, <laughs> setting off the fire alarm. Uh, the Ghostbusters theme hits, and there's a Ghostbusters group there that traps a ghost, quote unquote. Oh my god, that was a good one. And if anyone watches Brooklyn Nine Nine, that's Scully from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh. With Wait, his the big, flat top. Oh, yeah. He's been in a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a great character. Actor. And then finally, he has John Hedder over. And John Hedder's the only one that actually has like a connection to the occult. And while he can't see uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. he can sense her pretty accurately. And he says... Yeah, and he senses s- her aura. Yeah. And he says to... It, it's kind of our first real hint towards the... Well, past the drinking. The darkness in Mark Ruffalo's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's not the one that's dead. You are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we learn more about that later. Then he confronts her again and is like we need to figure out who you are because she can't oh yeah yeah. he's like do you know anything about where you just were or where you've been when you're not talking to me you know and so they go digging around her apartment they find a matchbook with an address on it and what else did they find is this when they go through the whole apart do they go through the whole apartment first too or is that after they run like the errands I don't know. Because they go through the whole apartment building at one point. No one knows her. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no yeah. one knows her at all. And then except there's the one the one model-looking girl that hits on him mm-hmm. really, really hard. And Reese Witherspoon is being kind of catty about it. And mm-hmm. um, then, I, yeah, then I think they find, like, the matchbook and the other things. So they go to the, uh, a guy, go to a house, and they get the address wrong. Mm-hmm. Hilarity ensues. And, and It's supposed to be 426, but they thought it was a five. Mm-hmm. It turns out there's a guy who thinks that Mark Ruffalo is calling him out for cheating and across the street is 425 and that's her friend from work and then how do they I forget how they end up get getting to the what leads them to the oh, oh no no that's it yeah she gets he they go out to dinner he goes out to dinner no they're walking around like, the city and they look in the restaurant that's right and yeah. she's like I love this restaurant and he's like oh do you eat here often she's like no I never did and then just as they're looking in a guy goes limp on the floor and she starts to remember that she can help him so through mark ruffalo she talks him through helping the guy on the floor who's the air is leaking out of his lungs into his chest cavity and he has to make a hole puncture and you know he has to do all this stuff that he doesn't want to do but he saves him with reese witherspoon talking in his ear so he looks kind of crazy and then they're like, okay, we need to get him to the nearest hospital. And he's like, what is the nearest hospital? And they say, oh, it's St. Matthew's. And she remembers that's her hospital. So they go there and walk around and find out that she is actually in a coma on the third floor. Now, before that, going back to the restaurant, if you had a friend that was dictating to you, 
let's say over the phone. Let's mm. say someone at it. Let's say you saw this exact same thing happen. We panicked. We called a friend of ours that's a doctor, mm-hmm. and no one around. You know, ambulance is on its way, but you got to do something. Right. If we had a doctor over the phone dictating to you the procedure, mm-hmm. would you be able to do it? Yeah. I absolutely could not. Really? I think I well, I would be. I think I could physically force myself to go through the motions, but I would the whole time I would be like, "Are you sure? Are you really sure?" I would <laughs> waste so much time confirming that the person mm, would probably I die. I could do it. I you think you just go right to town? Mm-hmm. What makes you so confident in that? I'm good in a disaster. See, I I am good in a disaster. I think, but I'm just saying, if someone was dictating, like I don't know this thing at all, I am going blindly on faith off of you. Mm. That's the part that would get me. I've watched enough doctor shows to know how to feel between the third and fourth rib. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, is it like a skeleton? You just go brump, and you count how many times it makes a noise. No. <laughs> oh. See, I already, I'm not starting off on a good foot. You just need to get in between those ribs. Haven't you seen that where they always like put their fingers on the ribs and then the space between and that's no. where you puncture? No, I have not. You haven't watched enough Grey's Anatomy? Clearly? I have not watched enough Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. I, I think get... I could do a tracheotomy. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So I have, this, I have a thing about Give me my, a straw. Dude, I have a thing about my throat. Like I hate shaving in that area. Hmm. I hate touching it. I, hate, I do too. Like, I hate I... having something too tight on. Yeah. I could never wear chokers when they're popular or now when they're popular <sighs> Again, makes me yucky. I'm like an Adam's apple thing. You get yeah. near my abs, so anytime I, I hear like that, that. Trache- tracheotomy thing, What's down here, it still makes my skin freaking crawl. Uh. Oh my god! Just thinking about it since chills up my spine. I don't know why. Hmm. That's the one I could say confidently. That person's dying. If it was me Genius. having to do a tracheotomy, Christopher Reeves is just gonna die. I couldn't do it. That's what? the one thing I think I could do. The rib, I could force myself to do the rib thing. I would feel uncomfortable and have to check. With what I'm doing, the tracheotomy thing, I, I just, I would freeze. Yeah. I am so sorry if I ever meet someone in person and they die because of me you not being did. able to do a tracheotomy. <laughs> so they go to the hospital and we find out she's in a coma, like you said. Uh, how early in this did you write down, is she in a coma? Because I had it about 15 minutes before this actually happened. Oh, really? Yeah. See, look, is she in a coma? I was and like, how is she not dead? I don't get it. What are we doing here? And then I was like, oh, coma. Well, I from the beginning of the movie... All I was kind of thinking is like, okay, it's a rom-com and Reese Witherspoon's the lead, but are they going to try to make the ghost help him fall in love with somebody or is the ghost going to help him fall in love with like an ex-wife? And when neither of those things were introduced at like the 15, 20 minute mark, I was like, okay, she's got to be the main love interest. Where do we go from here? And I was like, coma. So there you go. Yeah. So I I felt pretty proud of myself for, for getting there. Okay. So she finds out she's in a coma and... Mark Ruffles gets into the room by telling them that he's her boyfriend and everyone's shocked by that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I live in her apartment building and ha 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 ha. Uh, and then he ends up, is this where he hears him talking about pulling the plug? Right? Yeah. Or she, she does. Or she, he, he leaves, leaves and, and goes she, home. And here's what I don't understand. The rest earlier in the movie, again, getting into ghost physics, <laughs> she could not exist and she did not exist anywhere else unless he was around. So Mm -hmm. they lead you to believe his presence is what allowed her to materialize. But now he can leave and And she seems to just do whatever. Completing my theory of... she's getting stronger. Well, I was going to say my theory, because I want to keep a cohesive ghost theory for this film, (laughs) is that now that she is aware of her situation, much like she's remembering Mm. her... She's slowly remembering her life and it's opening up her mind, Mm -hmm. being aware of the situation she's in allows her to control it further. All right. So... Ghost I'll physics. take it. Yeah. 
So he leaves. She hears that they're thinking of pulling the plug. There's a pretty funny uh, scene where the the uh, dweeb doctor you're talking about mm-hmm. is talking about his new car, and she's interacting with him, and his quips about the car bounce yeah. off what she's saying. Uh, she goes to me, see her sister at this point. Or her yeah. sister, co- no, her sister comes to the hospital because the, the hospital. kids are running around and like oh my gosh. fold the bed up. Those kids are awesome. the most relaxed I've ever seen in a hospital. Like if I saw my aunt comatose in a hospital bed, first of all, I would never touch anything. Yeah, I would be scared of breaking. Yeah, you know the person. Right, and they're like turning shit on and off. But presumably, it's been three months. Then maybe they just have been there a lot but still they like folded the bed in on itself mm-hmm. like yeah I, she's like why am i car sick and then <laughs> she realizes that she's been folded into a pretzel <laughs> by the children and this is where he kind of gives her the speech of well it's been three months things aren't going to get better she d- had uh she didn't have a dnr but she like she yeah, she didn't want to be kept alive mm-hmm. um, by like machines, and she's in the background going, "No, no, I do want to be kept. In, I do I'm want changed. to be kept alive. I'm changed." And I always said that even if I was somehow in alive in there, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I would want to live that way. You know, it's like, okay, so you know, I'm in this persistent vegetative state. Mm-hmm. But people are like, well, maybe she's still in there. We don't know. Well, if I'm not getting out of that persistent vegetative state, yeah, then I don't want to live anymore. Yeah, you know. You, like, yeah, you're you're just kind of well, especially. I, I was talking to Stephanie's uh, Stephanie's dad. I was talking to a doctor one time about this, and it was like, so they kind of like they don't really know if someone's in there anymore. He's like, no, they do. They, they kind of know. People, yeah. people try to put like... Brainwaves and shit. Yeah, people try to put a little bit more like happy juju on it, but yeah. it's like, no, they they pretty much know if like, if you're you're done and gone. And yeah. it's like, you know, I do think sometimes... That, I, yeah, Hollywood makes it seem like there's a guessing game yeah. going on. Well, I had, I had a, a, a good friend whose dad was unexpectedly in this position it was heartbreaking to watch him go through and they they chose what they knew to take him off mm-hmm. and then he was able to save so many lives yeah there's always going out so i i I'd, in the seat i would be of the same mindset as you if i am in reese witherspoon's position <laughs> i am screaming at the top well, of my yeah. ghost of my ghost lungs right, like exactly. i'm right here I'm alive. Uh, so then she goes back and finds uh, uh, the, the just delightful Mark Ruffalo. I can't stress how <laughs> awesome Mark Ruffalo is. She finds him with a uh, next door neighbor, a, a tramp, the trampy lady who was kind of hitting on him earlier, is in his apartment at this yeah, point. Yeah, she shows up and throwing herself at him. Yeah, that's she, impressive. Have Have you ever thrown yourself at a gentleman and even a? Do women do this? The only time I've tried like twice and it went really poorly both times. <laughs> like this kind of poorly <laughs> where it's like he's talking to a ghost in the hallway poorly. Well, no, not talking to a ghost in the hallway, but like effectively ignoring me and or like really not into it. I one time and this is just we've talked in prior episodes about just my denseness when I was, you know, not younger or, you know, in college and not confident and couldn't pick up on signs worth it. Darn. I literally, literally had a girl come into my room at night and crawl into bed and sleep there twice. Same girl. And I just, and I just like went to sleep and looking back 
I, there were, you know, it looking back, I don't want like, literally anyone listening going like, well, maybe she just wanted to sleep. Like, no, looking back, she quite definitely did not just want to sleep, mm. but I was just so dense and wanted to be respectful. And I stand by what I did. I'm happy with, you know, I can yeah. hold my head high, but I still look at it. I'm like, oh man, like a girl th- literally threw herself <laughs> at you. A gorgeous girl too. And I, dude, I was a freaking hot mess. I was trying to think if I've ever. That's th- what I like to say about the guys that. I tried to make something happen with. But that they were hot There's messes. something wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I tried thinking if I've ever thrown myself at a girl like this, and it's it doesn't work, the guy. Well, no. You strip yeah. down and you show up in a bedroom as a guy, the cops are getting yeah. called. Unless you're Freddie Prince Jr. Well, yeah, he That's could. not going to work. And even in this scene, I felt really bad for the character, too, because she kind of opened up for a second and said, yeah, like. everyone's lonely. Yeah, like, I'm lonely, you're lonely, like do you need to go take a pill or something before we do this? Like not a Viagra, but like a, mm-hmm. you're talking to yourself, Bill. like this girl really needed someone in her life yeah. and poor thing. Wasn't mm-hmm. going to be Mark Ruffalo. Unfortunately not. I guess I, this is 2005. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's I, before a workout clothes during the day were appropriate. I kind of wondered Reese Witherspoon had a line about yeah. why she wearing workout why clothes. Why she working workout clothes during the day? Yeah, no I one wears say, out in the middle of the day. Pretty much all I see women <laughs> in is workout <laughs> pants everywhere what is it called fabletics yeah they're you know when they're just like walking down the street they're at the mall so they're working at a, yeah, they're working at a bar waitressing i love it <laughs> just see women wearing workout clothes everywhere everywhere uh I, I like to go straight to pajamas you go straight from regular clothes to pajamas yeah, and just, you, you skip the workout wear we altogether. don't even need that We'll just go straight to pajamas. I have gotten in this terrible habit on weekdays of I assume I'm going to get filthy. So I immediately, from the moment I wake up, put on what to me are like work clothes. So basically hmm. thrift store, cargo shorts or pants yeah. and a shirt that a workout shirt that I've ripped the sleeves off of. And like nine times out of 10, I am correct. And the one day, See? the one few days that I do put on good clothing and like a shirt that is you know not stained. Mm-hmm boom somehow get motor oil on it i'm not even near a car it's just it's amazing so well i do the opposite where i wear uh normal clothes and then i'm like i really need to weed that and i'm out weeding and i'm like i am so sweaty i just totally destroyed these clothes like i (laughs) have to wash them now what was i thinking so he kicks this girl out to pay attention to Reese Witherspoon. She gives him kind of the rundown of what's going on and that they need She's to... She's going to be taken off life support tomorrow at noon. So they need to figure out a way to save, wake her up or something. Mm. So he goes back to the hospital and she... Oh, no, 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 no. She already tried laying down in the bed, right? Yeah, that was earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. she tried laying down in the bed and that didn't work. And so... So then she says, I don't want to spend my last night just running around trying to save myself i want to enjoy it oh yeah and then is that where they like lay in bed together and Mm -hmm. like suit they like yeah he's like we can do anything go to paris and go to bora bora or something like that and she's like okay i have something in mind And then they're just like laying in bed next to each other, facing each other. Well, and speaking of ghost physics, if she did want to go somewhere far away, I have to believe there's a proximity attached to that. It's not like an infinite distance. Oh, yeah. I feel like he could, if he went to Paris, you know, like somewhere over like, I don't know, like the ocean, Chicago or something, she oh. would start fading, you know, like, yeah. oh, I can't go that far. So good thing they didn't pick that. Yeah. Are we to believe at this point, like, I, I was this scene kind of weirded me out where they're holding hands. Are we to believe she's like a virgin probably at this point? 
because she seems like very sweet and innocent. It's like, Who knows if you really want to do this? Like, that's the implication yeah. I kind of got like, from it. Apparently, she's like, very sleep with someone in her bed. Yeah. Seemed to be what she wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't. Because she'd never had that intimacy. Because it wasn't a, like, I want to do, I want to lay in this bed with you. It was just like, I want to lay in a bed with a person. Because this is still them kind of like falling in love and all that. I know right. that that's what I got out of it. There's like a very mm-hmm. it, it, virginal, um, feeling scene they do they do show at some point in this i think it was before this he took her across the bridge over to a house that he did oh yeah the the landscape yeah and is this where we find out that his wife passed away no That's later. I need to keep better notes on when things like a rough plot outline of these. Yeah, I didn't take notes and I know it better than you somehow. Yeah. Um, I was just so locked into the ghost physics. Apparently. Uh, no, that's that's before all this. And he's like, I have somewhere to show you. And then they go across the bridge over to I what I assume is like a really fancy area. Like well, Marin Sarah, County, let me actually right? tell you, on the other side of that Golden Gate Bridge, I know uh, up to about a half a mile past it, what it looks like, you can get an excellent Indian fusion cuisine there. I had oh. enchiladas, Indian enchiladas that were mm. excellent. And the proprietor of the shop was one of the most upbeat, inviting, awesome people I've ever met. Cannot remember the life of it, the name of it for the life of me, but it's probably the only Indian enchilada, enchilada place. Did you notice when they were driving across the bridge, though, how, what it looked like? It was like Mm-mm. the cheesiest, worst, uh, to the point where it was a decision. It had to be how bad it looked. Oh, really? Green screen behind it. Mark Ruffalo's just like, huh. you know, like jerking the wheel left notice. and right with nothing. And it's like, oh man, if I was ever in a romantic comedy, that's he the car. That. Well, that's what I'd want the car to look like, like driving perfectly straight and the wheel just going left to right really <laughs> hard funny. and it's a bad green screen the the scene in the garden too uh originally they had her in the extra scenes of this movie they had her floating they shot a whole scene where she fl- she gets so excited when she sees the garden mm-hmm. she actually starts floating up into the air and he's like what are you doing like you can do that she's like i guess i don't know i got so excited huh. but the test audiences didn't like it because by this point in the movie they said that people were so invested in the love story that they were just over the ghost thing um, so they were like pretty much once we got to like a third of the way through the movie half the way through the movie we were just like all right we're done with the ghost thing now now we just it's huh. just the love story okay did you watch the making of i think i watched parts of it maybe i watched it Ooh. and um they described Mark Ruffalo as his acting technique was basically just like having a conversation. They said it was so hard to tell when he was acting and when he wasn't because it was just so natural. Um, he brought just such a relaxed vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And they, but they said he has amazing com- comedic timing mm-hmm. and it was just a, really a joy to work with him. I, yeah, I think he's absolutely brilliant. I'm excited to do kind of any other Mark Ruffalo movies. I know that there's a couple other out a couple others out there like 13 going on 30 mm-hmm. is going to be a good one. I mean I re- and I enjoyed him in gosh what was the one that he was just in the, the one about the Catholic Church um Oh, Spotlight? Yeah, I thought he was so amazing good. in that movie too. Yeah. Um again, we'll need to tag Mark Ruffalo in this movie. Again, Mark, come here buy us some MGDs and uh yeah. are you you're buying us scotch, we'll We're buy you MGDs. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. And then I'll talk to you about who you think the Zodiac Killer is. 
Oh gosh, yeah, he wasn't that, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. That would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so it, either way, it, at this point, they they then try to go appeal to her sister, or did they appeal to her sister before the night they slept together? Uh, before that. Okay, so they went to try to appeal to her sister, and <laughs> everyone's going to be so confused. I know, but... <laughs> man. Just watch this movie. I promise you, it it may after st- they go. After they find out that her sister is going to pull the plug plug, or may pull the plug, they're like, we have to visit her. And she's like, I'll tell you. He's like, you got to give me some dirt on your sister. And I think that's on the way home from the garden, actually, because they're crossing the bridge again. Yeah. And he's he's driving. Yeah. He's like, give me any dirt you have on your sister. And then I can prove to her that I am. I'm actually talking to you, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they go to her house and it starts off okay. It starts off pretty okay, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, I'm just going to tell her. And starts in on, <laughs> well, your sister's actually standing right next to me talking to me. And she's like, okay, let me just get the girls watching TV. And he's like, okay, this is going pretty well. And she's like, this could actually work. This is great. And uh, And then she turns around and tries to hit him with a cleaver. And she's like, I will cut you. Get out of here. I will I will cut you. So, so that got me thinking if you were if you had to tell somebody I have a ghost following around following me around like if you were in this situation how would you do it in a way that they wouldn't think you're crazy? Did you try have you did, as you were watching I this would did you try to think of it? Start off with right away start off with something that nobody should know. But like a casual mentioning of it like you wouldn't lead with you know, your sister is a ghost following me. I know this. Or you just be like, oh, I know you made out with so-and-so before the wedding. Hmm. Like I'm really, because I, I spent a decent amount of time trying to, trying to tease this out. And, and I'm with you. I would, I would start myself with some familiar, familiarizing things and maybe drop casually yeah. a couple of those things. And they'd be like, who is this guy? I don't think I would drop it casually. Okay. But then you dive in, you'd be in the situation he's in where you're getting chased with a cleaver. How do you avoid the cleaver? Maybe not being in her house would help. Yeah, but then she'd just get up and leave. I think uh, I think how I would do it is probably like, mm-hmm. I, I would probably say, okay, this is going to sound crazy. Just give me, give me five minutes. If you give me five minutes of your time, get up and leave afterwards, forget anything. And then I'd give him a couple facts. Like you're saying, like mm-hmm. facts and no one else would know. And then I would say, you know, ask me anything. And I would purposely avoid uh, kind of how psychics do it where they ask leading questions and all that. I'd be like, I am not going to ask you any leading questions. Mm-hmm. I am not going to do this, this or that. Uh, just just ask me, like, ask me questions. What can I do to show you? Because like this is actually happening. And it's mm-hmm. dry. I know it sounds absolutely crazy. There was an episode of Cat fish recently we need oh. to tag me even max again on this episode uh where a girl a her dad was trying to contact her or was contacting us like a, a lady she wasn't even psychic was just contacting a lady and the lady didn't know this girl and the lady got in contact with the girl the girl had mm-hmm. me even max come and make sure you know go with her to meet this lady and the girl's like she's telling me things that there's no way she could know. She's mm-hmm. not asking me any questions. And the girl by the end believed her. So that was kind of wow. my working premise. Was, so it wasn't a catfish. Well, it, we don't believe so, no. And the girl, and the lady seemed sincere and she had nothing to gain from it. So who, I guess who knows? I wonder why her dad chose that lady. <laughs> That's one part of ghost physics I can't answer, Sarah. It's not romantic comedy. Uh, 
motivated. But, you know, so her sister kicks him out and, is you know, isn't swayed at all. But the kids did notice her. Did the get littlest out of, yeah, one. Yeah. Did get out a cookie and then later asked if she was coming back for tea and thought nothing of it. So, By the way, Mark Waters is the director. He is married to the woman who plays Reese Witherspoon's sister. Oh, he is? Dina oh, Waters. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had just, before this movie, done Mean Girls. And right before that, he did Freaky Friday. I was going to say, he had a bit of a, kind of a bit a of run. a fun movie, yeah, uh, yeah. pedigree. Um, I love Mean Girls. Mean Girls is a good one. Would you see the Broadway show? I would love to see it. Because there's a Broadway show, right? Yeah. You know what they just started a Broadway show of? And it was on the Today Show this morning, so you probably saw it. Legally Blonde? No. They have, they've had that one for a little bit. What? They just started on Broadway, Pretty Woman, because yeah. Julia Roberts showed up to a showing earlier this week. Oh. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! It's Julia Roberts. She's the original woman. I would. Uh... <laughs> how do you take? I mean, I just think of how the process of writing the music for that, and it takes me like a Bob's Burger mindset, where it's like, <laughs> I'm a pretty woman in the Linda. world. Richard Gear, get over here. Snap the box at my hand. <laughs> That's exactly how Linda would sing it. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's why they they make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So then he meets with Donald Logue. <laughs> we figure out Donald. 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 D- Donald D. Logue. No. You don't know that his middle initial isn't D? It's not. Okay, fine. <laughs> he meets with Donald Logue and ends up figuring out that he is who her sister made out with before the wedding. And then they figure out that... Or no, that's at the hospital. That he is JJ. Yeah, that he's JJ. And that they were actually set up before... They, they, Mark Ruffalo is who she was going to meet the night that she got hit by the car. Yeah, he was supposed to come to Thanksgiving dinner. Which, who has a first date? It's a bull On move. Thanksgiving with your family. That makes a real statement about where the person's, I mean, kind of. Desperation. I, yeah, like having someone over and like a friend thing. Two like that's people one that thing. are so chronically single. The best time is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Oof. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. If you can make it out single because one never stops working and the other one never stops is drinking. not over his wife dying. <laughs> and he convinces Donald Logue to help him actually go steal her body from the hospital. Yeah. And she's going to help tell him how to keep the body ventilated or whatever. Yeah, you need a, what is it called? A rescue? Not a rescue. Um, Ventilator. What is it called? Ventilator. No, but it's a something ventilator. Oh, are you sure it's not a portable ventilator? Port- <laughs> uh, no, rescue inhaler. Donald Logue has one really good line in this the, <laughs> at this point in the movie where what does he say something like I'm not gonna ask, or one day I'm gonna need you to help me get rid of a body and you don't get to ask any and questions. And you don't get to ask any questions. Yeah. I thought, Do you and have he any also friends said, that you- he punches him in the face? He punches that doctor in the face, mm. and he yells. Well, the felonies just keep piling up. Uh, would you, do you, and I hope this isn't used in a court case at any point, mm. just a yes or a no. Do you genuinely have a friend that is good enough that if they showed up or like, there is a body, I have to get rid of it, that you would help? Oof, I don't think so. Okay. I've watched too much of My Favorite Murder to know that you always tell the police. Yeah. 
I've got to say, I've got some really close friends, but if that situation presented itself, I would probably just be like, man, you mm-hmm. are on your own here. In this fact, I'm going to call the hospital or call the cops right now. Right. So they go in, they steal the body. Uh, they're going down. There's a there's a gurney chase mm-hmm. through the hospital, well, which I first, thought was pretty funny. they steal a van. And go oh, flying yeah. over the hills of San Francisco. Oh, God, I love San Francisco. I think I've been <laughs> to that hill. I'm sure you have. It's a very specific hill. <laughs> you don't know that I've been <laughs> down that hill or up that hill. Yeah. Um, Say, so steal the van, do that chase, steal her body. Go do- flying down the hallway with a gurney. He calls security after they punch him in the face. And the security guard comes running after them. Donald Logue sacrifices himself by jumping into the open elevator with a security guard, thereby taking him out. And then the security guard is about to punch Donald Logue in the face and realizes he's holding the intubation tube that had been intubating Reese Witherspoon. That is so gross because that could kill someone by wrenching an intubation tube out like that like that wouldn't be a clean tube like what they're showing like that's way way down i was gonna say yeah it's not like like they showed one it was like a couple inches it yeah i thought that thing was like super long in er it goes like way down yeah and that would not come up easily you would not be surprised to be holding it in your hand and it would be gross it would be covered in mucus and crap and you could kill someone or give them a ton of damage to their windpipe. So she's already pretty screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Here goes your... <laughs> and he tries... He sees that she is now dying. Her heart's slowing. And he tries... Mm, she's starting to fade. The ghost he, her is starting to fade. Yeah. And he kiss... He, he, is he giving her mouth to mouth or is he kissing her? That's a good question. Okay. It's a fine line. It's kiss mouth to mouth. It's, it's, it's rom-com mouth to mouth. <laughs> It's that special kind of mouth kissing where you just kind of like, yeah, like a deep exhale during. You're helping. <laughs> yeah. So I really love you, and you're dying. And then is the the kiss? Is the kiss what wakes her up? Or I don't know. It seems like a very Snow White moment. Yeah. Oh, this is definitely like this is definitely like a sleeping. This whole story is Sleeping this Beauty. Is Snow White. What's Sleeping Beauty then? I guess they do end similarly. Yeah. With a kiss waking him up. Yeah. Is that I mean, how Sleeping Beauty wakes up? He has to go through the castle and all that. I mean, he went through the hospital. Yeah. Hospital's a modern castle. No way. She's asleep because she ate the poisoned apple. Well, she didn't eat a poisoned apple. She got hit by a truck. I know. I thought there was a... Yeah, isn't it the, the famous... kiss the famous... there and she wakes up. <laughs> yeah, in, in Sleeping Beauty, she got hit by that FedEx truck. That's right. That was a, the famous... That's what the Maleficent had said would happen to her. <laughs> Watch out for the FedEx mm-hmm. truck. Make sure you get rid of all those spinning wheels because that's what the FedEx truck carries. So she, so she wakes up. She doesn't recognize Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. at and all. And then he goes to touch her hand. No, she, she pulls away. away. That's it. Because yeah. she doesn't know him. She doesn't Ugh, recognize him. How fucking heartbreaking would that be? You've lost mm-hmm. your wife. You've fallen in love with this beautiful woman. You go through. Uh, you're going to jail. For, yeah. for some amount of time, you are mm-hmm. going to jail. And she doesn't remember you. Yeah, even oh. if she did wake up like that, he would still be going to jail in real life. Well, yeah, but he, but he, you this is compounding. Do that. I know what I'm saying, but it's compounding. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's just so funny. Like, oh, she's okay. We're just gonna let him wander away. Well, it's a lose lose situation. Well, yeah, because if she recognizes him and she wakes up, 
she can't be saying like, oh, no, 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 no. I ghost me met him and remembered him because it was right. like, okay, you're in a coma, you're loony, so you're going to the uh, the wacky bed. Right. You're going to jail, and the two of you will never see each other again. Exactly. But either way, he walks out of the hospital. <laughs> and back to my apartment. Uh, she ends up getting moved back into her apartment after mm-hmm. some amount of time. She changes into her third outfit of the movie. Finally. <laughs> and... Uh, they dropped her off really quick as they brought her in the apartment. It was like, well, here's your stuff. Yeah. Peace. Like I thought that was, Bye, a, see you Saturday. Quick. Uh, she goes up to her roof, which we'd seen earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Mark Ruffalo has now transformed it into a gorgeous garden. Yeah. And he has unlimited money. I, seriously. He must've, cr- he must've been a high end landscape yeah. architect in San Francisco. Yeah. Like, could you, good for you. And, he says maybe something his like, wife had money that may be it yeah. or maybe maybe in the time from the uh her waking up to right now in the movie he got into the very lucrative field of ghost hunting mm. and because i mean obviously he has a connection it. now and he goes to uh he says, like, I wanted you to have your garden. She goes, well, where'd you get the key? Said the f- underneath Under the, the fire Yeah, where she had told him earlier, which, again, mm-hmm. like, this is just all, like, I would be, she's way calm about all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Maybe he, she's an internalizer. Does he brush her hand as she's leaving? Something like that? Where he hands her the key. And it yeah. brushes her hand, and all of a sudden, all of her memories come flooding back. Mm-hmm. They kiss. Well, she's like, okay, goodbye. And then she, or he says, okay, bye. I just wanted you to have your garden. And she's like, wait. And he turns around hoping that she'll remember him. And she goes, the key. And so he goes to hand her the key. And then they touch hands. And then it all floods back in a flash. And she goes, what's his name? Mark Ruffalo. No, but what's the character's name? I genuinely Mark? don't remember. I always just call them by their Mark. full names. <laughs> Ruffalo. I remember you. <laughs> you were in Zodiac. I loved you. Which is that. also a Bay Area movie. <laughs> I'm just going to take it back to Zodiac. Absolutely. Because who is the Zodiac killer? Uh, Will we ever know? So I, I don't... Will we? Oh, no, probably not. You don't think so? Don't you think, think so. he's dead? Oh, yeah. Well, and they th- I thought they kind of thought they knew who it was, like a pretty good chance of who it was, but they just had, didn't have like solid proofs. So they couldn't hmm. really say it. Uh, and maybe, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You listen to more of the, the murder TV shows and, and all that. I do. Um, so hmm. I do have down here, though, throughout this. So that's the movie. They fall in love. She's out of her coma. La da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Oh, the ending. I love the ending so much, though. It pans up and it shows their. their uh, apartment and mm-hmm. then it kind of like turns into like clay kind of looking things and it pans out 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 and it's all of a sudden a snow globe i was like oh my oh, god yeah. if this is gonna be like a like a uh, uh not saint elmo's fire a saint elsewhere or whatever the one where it was in the snow globe of the handicapped kid they pan back and it's john H- hatter <laughs> just like righteous yeah. i thought he was awesome in this movie he probably he had great. two or three scenes i thought he had he has he awesome really timing good. i wish he was in more stuff now i don't even yeah. know i don't even know if he acts anymore some of the extended scenes in it if you did you watch any of the extended scenes yeah. there's one where donald Logue genuinely addresses his mental health and says like you know you shouldn't live in that apartment it's a trigger you need to actually go talk to somebody and sit down. Don't commit yourself because hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like he gives them really sound advice. Hmm. Um, so let's go over the tropes. Okay, let's go over the tropes. So the meet cute is 
She arrives well, f- in well, his apartment. Well, first off, like we said in the be- or like I was saying in the beginning, is we start needing to kind of classify these. Mm-hmm. The the twist to what keeps them apart is a supernatural one. It's true. So they're okay now. Supernatural twist. Yes. So now, uh, the meet cute mm-hmm. is when she just shows up. <laughs> Her thinking he's a hobo, a drunk hobo. <laughs> you're in. I know how you can be confused. He did drink a in hobo an amount that's of not MGD. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like we have a. Uh, I feel like we have a friend who that would pretty much be her reaction. Really, I think, you think so. I think that would be like a calm, like, yeah, you're get out of here. Yeah. So that's yeah. their, that's, I thought it was a good meet cute. I really did. Yeah. It was kind of startling mm-hmm. and fun and you, different. Yeah, they're annoyed by each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Ruffalo does an, uh, an excellent amount of nervous bumbling. That's, you know, what I have written down here um, mm-hmm. is that uh, uh, I wish I could do Mark Ruffalo's kind of nervous, like nervous... Um, Blinking uh, and fidgeting. Like startled. He always looks kind of startled at things, but mm-hmm. like in a fun way. And I wish I could do that, but I'm just, I'm I, I'm more frantic and like frazzled. Mm. And it's not, his is more charming. Mm-hmm. I wish I could turn my frantic into charming startled, but I don't think at 33 years old, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. So I love, mm. yeah. And uh, yeah, he just was. Just study it. I, I'm trying. Obviously, <laughs> I watch this movie a lot. Uh, the side friend, his side friend is Donald. Uh, Donald. And hers is her sister. And then also we have John Hatter, mm-hmm. who's kind of his own weird person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, the problem that keeps them apart is that she's in a coma and she's a ghost or a spirit. We do have a celebrity cameo in it, too, I would say. Uh, one Mr. Willie Garson. And while you may not know the name, you most certainly know the face. Um, he was in uh, Sex in the City. He was her gay best friend in Sex in the City. I can't oh. think of his name all of a sudden. Like, God, I want to say. Is he in White Collar? I th- think so. He plays Mo. He was in. He was in Stargate, which again, another favorite of mine. He's in Fever Pitch. I mean, he he's the guy he's that's in Fever. Oh. Yeah, he's a friend. He's he's just one of those guys. Do you know who I'm talking about? This he's is like a little mousy guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That he's just in everything. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm shocked he hasn't been in a movie yeah. that we've done yet. I really he's enjoy one of him the quite a bit. Waiters at the restaurant. Yeah. So we have our celebrity cameo there. <laughs> kind of. What? We have our character actor cameo. <laughs> what do you mean kind of? He's in like every he's not a everyone celebrity. Willie Garson is not a celebrity. Willie Garson he's walks not in, like a Willie famous, Garson famous. walks into this room right now and sits down at that microphone. What I'm saying you're not is... you're not impressed that we got that level of celebrity. Oh yeah, but I'm not that's not a movie where he was asked to make a cameo. That's a movie where he tried out for that very small part. I really like, well, no, I am actually going to say that that may not be accurate. And here is why. That was right at the peak of Sex in the City. 2005 mm-hmm. was Sex in the City banging on all cylinders. That's like season three or four, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And he was in that an okay amount. I don't doubt one bit that they said we have this tiny role. Would he like to do it whatsoever? Hmm. I'm going to go. I, I swear to God, I all really right. enjoy his work quite a bit. Uh, Willie, if you're out there, please come on the episode. Give us a call. Give us yeah. an email. Anything. I would Tell love. Us which one of us is right? Yeah, I, I bet he's gonna go with me. <laughs> um, 
soundtrack was an integral Great. part of this movie. So many so covers. Good. Well, that's yeah, and I thought that was a cool Tons twist of on covers. it. Yeah, it started mm-hmm. off. I put a spell on you. It started off with that awesome, awesome Cure cover, mm-hmm. and 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 then the movie book ended with the actual Cure song. Mm-hmm. So I I like that. Just like heaven. Just my imagination. Pete Yorn covering that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Lust for Life. They didn't want to go with the Iggy Pop kind of drugged out versions. So they just went <laughs> with that. Bowling for Soup did the Ghostbusters theme. Mm-hmm. Um, try, I mean, it, it it really. Who did I put a spell in you? Uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins. That might have. Isn't mm-hmm. that the actual guy that did? No. It okay. Good God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just yeah, really going through this. It's it's a really good soundtrack, and I would and I felt like it was an integral part of the movie. I felt like they kind of mm-hmm. they brought in songs where they belonged, and they mm-hmm. added to the feeling of it. Absolutely. Again, that Cure song at, at the beginning and the end that was the mm-hmm. right way to bookend it with like a slowed down version, and then yeah, and I never thought I'd say like. A romantic comedy starting and ending with a Cure song would fit perfectly. Just it's don't it. You Only don't... in San Francisco. Oh God! Didn't this just make you fall in love with the city? Mm, sure. I again. Oh, I do have down here. I am absolutely positive there are two or three places that when I was there I drank at. There was mm. like there was a, a space place where they had like a church when he was sitting outside a couple yeah. times. You can kind of see from his apartment. That's in Zodiac. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I 100% went to two or three bars down there and ate dinner. I'm slowly going to morph this podcast into a murder podcast. You're just going to make it a Zodiac. <laughs> no, I want you to just make it a Zodiac podcast. Murder movies. We have physical comedy moments. Oh, yeah. Him a in lot the bar. Of, well, yeah. Him in the bar. That's classic. And thrown around. Uh, she's like standing in the middle of a table. She's, you know unaware of her body jumps the out the window gurney chase. chase um how do they start falling in love how do they connect what is it i think it was he starts pitying her well or they go on the chase uh, to figure out who she was i think that's when he started like seeing her as a person mm-hmm. and and then i think when he um I think it, at least this maybe this is me putting too much on it. I think it's kind of when she seemed like she cared about him and she was being nice to him. Like another human was putting attention on him with like, yeah. you need to stop drinking. I'm getting you out mm-hmm. of this bar. Like, cause that was literally no, nothing affected her, him and going, getting drunk there. She was literally just like, you can't, you shouldn't do this. This right. isn't healthy. Um, and I think her, it's just cause she didn't seem like she'd ever interacted with a person for, you know, yeah. her life mostly maybe it was meant to be well i mean that what that's what the whole movie is about is that mm-hmm. it was meant to be and the reason well, she stayed around to... was that she well and they were supposed to meet on thanksgiving yeah but turns out he also bailed on the date like she got in the accident and he was already to be fair if someone tried setting me up on a thanksgiving dinner date like hey i'm gonna know everybody there yeah you know, like you just i probably would bail on that would too. be bad yeah yeah i would but I would reschedule. I wouldn't just say, oh, we're never mm-hmm. meeting. I'd be like, hey, listen, uh, this is just too much for me. Yeah. How about we do it in a day or two? Honesty is the best policy, That's I find. True. Mm-hmm. Oh, the jobs of the main characters. <laughs> He's an architect. architect. He's a landscape architect, but come on. We I was had, laughing. Yeah. I was we like, had of a, course. We haven't had a landscape architect, but mm-hmm. it's... The city slash location. San Francisco. Love that city. San Francisco. They don't go down near the wharf very much. I would have liked a nice scene down there getting like a a sourdough bowl or some fish or Mm. uh, some Giardelli. 
Giro Deli. Really? <laughs> I know. I fucking know how to say it because I looked it up. Well, in San Francisco, sir, I can tell you how they say it. It's Cherardelli. They say Donald Love yeah, and Cherardelli <laughs> and Enchilada. The one thing I wanted from this city in this one, though, is they really lean kind of heavy on the bridge. And mm-hmm. the hills for San Francisco. How cool would it have been if they were walking down the street and in the background you just saw them walk past the full house painted lady houses? Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like they're in the park right across from those painted lady houses. Oh, don't worry, I noticed because I that's what jumped to my mind. I'm like, Justin, you've been I know there. this park. You've been to that park. Mm. You went there before you went to Head Ashbury, which they didn't go to, and I'm glad they didn't because I don't think it would have fit the feel of this movie. Okay. But you know, they yeah, they're the at mission. the park where the, where they have that spinning shot in Full House mm. at the end. So, but that's what I'm saying is like, say, you know, how cool that have been is, you know, they're walking down the street and just in the background you can see, mm-hmm. and that wouldn't cost them anything extra. So, yeah, you never know. Maybe they charge. Maybe they do. Her lady. So the city was a. You move it to another city, I think. I think it still works as a romantic comedy in another city. I know. I was going to say what city. Tallahassee, Florida. Well, I mean, really, when you break it down, what what is this movie about? It's it's falling in love in a hopeless place. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's it, what what part of the city plays the integral role in that? It's a cool backdrop. The skyline. Well, that's what I mean. It's it's a cool skyline, but it's not like we saw in. Um, uh, um, oh shoot help me out here it's not like in you've got mail like it felt like that could only yeah. take place in new york city mm. with how everything was framed within it yeah i don't th- i think this could have been picked up and put in another another city but i think that's just the nature of, mm. of what it is you know and that's not a bad thing i'm just saying you know the city was a cool backdrop but i don't think it was as integral as we've seen in some other ones like roman holiday like roman holiday yes mm-hmm. now, you'd have to put it somewhere else and it could be paris holiday parisian holiday um, I don't know. I I want to play the opposite of you here. Oh, okay. Say just all their traveling around and you know the shots and things they go and do and see. I mean, I guess it could be. It's just tough to find those kind of images mm-hmm. and that kind of funny hippie mysticism that runs mm-hmm. through the the core of <laughs> San Francisco. I guess in the changing now. weather, they are always wearing different outfits. Like one day, yeah. it's a hat and scarf, and another day it's a raincoat, and another day it's a t shirt. You know? Funny thing about San Francisco weather, Sarah. Not everybody's aware of the weather in uh, San Francisco. No, uh, specifically well, summers are cold. Well, specifically yours truly that showed up with shorts and t shirt, and that's it. You didn't it, know that? No, and I was too cheap to buy a sweatshirt, so mm. at night I was shivering. But moreover, we went on a uh, cruise in the bay, like a Ooh, but on yeah. a no, but on a catamaran. Yeah, and she wanted chilly. to sit out on the netting out front, and they mm. gave me a jacket. Thank God. But when we got back. I jogged pretty much to the the hotel Aww. to turn the shower on as hot as it would go, and sat in there for twenty minutes. Well, Mark Twain always said, or famously said. The coldest winter I ever had was a summer in San Francisco. There you go. Mm-hmm. So Take uh, his word for it. And d- also, I have a friend who lives in Oakland, and he said the best months are September and October, oh. part of November, because the fog finally clears off at that time, and oh. like the sun comes out, and it's, it's very nice and warm. Mm-hmm. But most of the year, it's cold as age. He said February is actually really nice, too. That's when all the flowers come out. Really? Yeah. Huh. 
They seem like a gorgeous town. I love the park. The park yeah. was a blast. Driving over the bridge. I could neat. get I could get down with that. I like chilly yeah. weather. But temperate. I don't like it when it gets too hot. Like I said, my only complaint about it I I didn't see, you know, there's all those articles about kind of the the um the poverty aspect yeah, of it yeah. I, I didn't witness that the places we went as much like yes i did see there was some homelessness just, well there was some heartbreak i mean some yes there i saw some heartbreaking sites absolutely um but um you know i just couldn't you're gonna have that in any major city to some extent but i think the thing that just i could never pay, even if i if i made a million dollars a year my cheap nature would still prevent really? me oh absolutely my cheap nature prevented me. You couldn't me. just get down with it? I paid like $10 for a pint of beer. And it Oof. was nothing crazy special. Oof. It was, you know, it was like a brewery, but it was not like, you know, a ridiculous. double IPA? No, it was just a beer. Hmm. That's, I couldn't, that couldn't, uh, that couldn't. Couldn't do it. Yes, I could not do that. Um, so, the... They did have kind of a young child as a precocious advisor a little bit because her sister's daughter did recognize her. Mm -hmm. She could see things that adults couldn't see. Yeah, but I wouldn't call it precocious just as a... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. So it did hit a lot of the the tropes Mm -hmm. in this. Then if you had to put uh, a rating, once again, not how much you enjoyed it or not, but just how much of a romantic comedy it is, you know, 10, we've hit, I I, I said that um, you've got mail to me was a 10. Mm-hmm. And you know, in my mind, and then zero is just, it's not even romantic comedy at all. And when I, well, yeah. So what would you, where would you place it? Well, it hits all those markers. I guess the only thing that holds me back from it a little bit is there's so much truth to You've Got Mail. You could see mm. it playing out. It has enough whimsy in there to make it fun, you know? But this one, and maybe Supernatural ones in general, I don't feel like hit quite as high for me mm. as the ones that are that don't rely on the Supernatural convention. Mm. Does that make sense? Well, you just, you, you think that the plot r- kind of rings more true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. So I guess I'd give it probably a nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in the same ish ballpark, but for a different reason, it, mm-hmm. I'm fine with the supernatural aspect, kind of reinforcing some you know, romantic truths and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you may disagree with me on this. Uh, I thought that they had a friend chemistry. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. They didn't have a romantic chemistry? I didn't get chemistry? a romantic chemistry out of them really at all. Oh, and, I, and it's two people that like... Reese Witherspoon can do be incredibly charismatic and yeah. she was, but it was like cute. And Mark Ruffalo, you know, it, in 13 going on 30, I've seen that once or twice. You know, he, he can be incredibly charming and stuff. And he was, but it hmm. felt almost like two friends playing off each other for the bulk of the movie. Hmm. And so that's the only reason that I kind of hesitate. Again, it all it hit all the big things, you know, for, for our tropes. I love the soundtrack and mm-hmm. all that. Again, I, just I dis- didn't buy the chemistry. I, I didn't buy the chemistry. And again, the thing with the city where to me, it, it didn't reinforce the plot the same way that you've got mail did. I, but, but I would rank it pretty high because it hit all those. I'd probably give mm-hmm. it an eight. 
I'd probably give an eight, eight and a half as to how mm. much of a rom. No one's going to d- confuse this for a romantic comedy. Yeah. You know, that that's it definitely is. in watching the director's commentary, though. Uh, one thing did jump out at me and I would just uh, it made me kind of laugh. And I also want to get your take on on. Uh, well, I have a question following. And we, you know, and Reese actually was in Sundance at one point and just like felt like she had this scary moment where she saw her doppelganger you know, across the room and went up and introduced herself and met this girl who looked like just scarily identical to her and uh, you know got her number in case for a later date they might need her and uh, and we ended up uh, you know kind of having her you know uh, come and be her photo double for the movie and uh, you know it's it's fantastic because you you know it looks like a special effects shot practically that you when you see you see the two of them together and uh, there's there's some 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 funny beats of like you know um, some studio people coming to visit the set and and like leaving going oh God Reese is in such a bad mood today like you know I, I said hello and she just kind of like just totally blew me off you know and, 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 and it's like it's like no you were talking to me she was smoking a cigarette too I didn't know she smoked you know it's like it's like you know there, there were a lot of people that had full conversations and they thought I didn't know Reese went to high school in Salt Lake City oh that was the cutest thing ever it's like I had a great conversation with Reese and it's like I didn't know she was from Utah so uh, two questions <laughs> attached to that. One, um, if a ran- if a if, if a random person let let's say not a celebrity you know, but a person came up to you and was like, "Oh my God, we look exactly the same. Can I get your phone number just in case I ever need to use you?" <laughs> are you giving them? It, are you giving them at least an email? Are you asking some more leading questions? If I think that they look like me. Okay. Okay. So because if they just yell at me, "Hey, we look exactly the same." I'm going to be like, do we? Do we? <laughs> like, if I think that we do, then I would be intrigued mm. and would, talk a bunch more. Would you, So you'd ask for further clarification. I've had this happen to me multiple times Bullshit. where someone will come up and start talking to me and then be like, oh, you're not who I thought you were. Really? Yeah. See, I think you have a very unique look. I don't think I've met someone that I would consider that looks like you. Hmm. Well, it used to happen to me. It hasn't happened... In probably the last six or seven years, but uh-huh. it used to happen to me in my early twenties a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And I'd be like, "I'm not that person you think I am." Would you? Did you ever meet the person they thought you no. were? Okay. Would mm-hmm. you want to? Yeah. I'd okay. Be interested. Okay. I can tell you, uh, I've gotten it a couple times, and. The one that always got me was in college at UD. I had more than a couple of people, a decent amount of people over the years, all through college, you know, like, shit, man, you know, there's a guy walking around this campus that looks like you. He even like walks like you. Apparently <laughs> I have a walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's playing like ultimate Frisbee. He had long, like, they, and it wasn't me, but they were describing something. And, and I'd always say like, well, if you ever find him, you know, let me know and I'll come meet him. But in the back of my head, I was like, I don't want to ever meet this person because I don't want to walk up and have any re- like disappointed. See- I don't want to walk. I want to walk up. And when people are like, this is the guy that looks like you, I want to walk up and begin to weep at the beauty. That's what <laughs> I want to see. You know, I want to walk up and be like, God damn. All right. I do look like him. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't want to walk up and be like this doofus. God damn it. Because I've definitely told some people for like, oh, you look like so-and-so. And I show them a picture and they're like, fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't look like that guy yeah. at all you know um it's a hard uh 
a hard choice to make to show someone. Yeah, well, the times I've done it, I've had a couple, and apparently I'm very bad at the you look like this person mm. game. So It's a classic Brian's dad move. Really? Mm-hmm. So the final question, Sarah, if we're going to do the some type of now what segment again. But this week, I think we should do a segment I am lovingly calling, now that you've brought it back, Oh, Darn It. Order. <laughs> I was pretty happy with myself when I came up with that. Where... If well, you, had you to know place what? Lord Dern in this film. In the movie Wild, Reese Witherspoon plays a woman named Cheryl Strayed, who has a very close relationship with her mother, played by Laura Dern. Laura Dern. So I feel like she could play a good mom in this, but that's probably just because I saw them in that role. Wild, yeah. She could. I think she could pull off her sister too. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I had down. Mm-hmm. I I like the sister in this, but I think Laura Dern would make it better. I, I think that's really the only role I, I don't could know. See. She has a certain neurotic intensity, and she looks a ton like Reese Witherspoon. Who, Laura Dern? No, Dino uh, Waters. The only other place I could see Laura Dern in this, and um, maybe this is just because it's one of like three female roles, four female roles in the movie, mm-hmm. is her mentor at work. But mm-hmm. that role's or so small, I'd want more his Laura Dern. ex-wife, or his former wife. Oh my God, what if the ex-wife came back as a ghost? Whoa. Whoa, okay, whoa, whoa. Let's blow this movie wide open. Okay. He is being visited. Okay, so we finished the Laura Dern thing. We okay. both agree Laura Dern could either be her mentor, whatever. You are a guy. You are grieving. Your mm-hmm. wife has passed away. Mm-hmm. You are living in an apartment for some amount of time that you believe to be a ghost, a dead woman. Wouldn't that send you into an existential tailspin wondering why this random woman is visiting you and not your own wife wife and what you did wrong? Mm -hmm. Holy shit, no wonder he keeps drinking. Yeah. Oh my God, Mark Ruffalo. Why can't my wife visit me? My heart is breaking in two He's for got this the, guy. The Bill Pullman situation. Oh, Mark from Casper. Oh no! Oh, I can't. Looking handle. for ghosts and never finding his wife. Sarah, I just can't handle this revelation. Yeah. I think on that. Laura Dern really brings it home. I think. I think. I think that's that's pretty much the episode then, right? Yeah. Well, as usual, if you want to reach us with any comments about this episode or any others, um, for example, hey, we're always looking for wacky, wacky wedding stories about theme weddings. Um, yes, I'm, a good theme wedding. Caitlin, I, the, I hope Caitlin gets back to us like we requested last episode with hmm. uh, information about hers, but any others or pretty much any other stories. Have you gone on a good date in San Francisco? Any good San Francisco now that I'm like mm-hmm. the big West Coast expert in yeah. San Fran? like. You know, let me know which, uh, let me know what bar the you went to. entire Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah, I could just, let me know what bars you went to. I could say if they're like good bars. Like if you need any dating advice in San Francisco, I could tell you where to go. <laughs> and like, you know, what sites, you know, we're seeing. Um, but you could reach us, as always, with that information with an email at. Mail at romcomcom.com. Or you could get us on Instagram at. Romcomcom, D-O-T com. So uh, connect with us there and let us know what you think. And please, even if it's like two or three sentences, seriously, we'll read it because uh, we've got happy. Yeah, it's some pretty you happy can to you, talk. you can say some pretty funny stuff in a couple sentences. I know a few people I've talked to. Concision. Like, well, they were saying like, I'm going to I wanted to send you something. but I thought it was stupid. It was only like, you know, it only be like a sentence or two. Like, fuck it. Send it. It's still funny. So that's our email. And lastly, I do want to thank, as always, the band. This is my suitcase for letting us use their song. 
Love off the album The Keys to Cat Heaven as our intro and outro. As always, you can find uh, uh, them and all their different side projects online on uh, Bandcamp and all that. Uh, Again, uh, as of the recording of this, they had a special album out. Uh, There's kind of a stripped-down version of The Keys to Cat Heaven. Either way, check them out. You will not be disappointed. Um, Sarah, I did really enjoy this episode, despite the fact that I didn't apparently remember the movie. So... (laughs) Uh, I did too. Yeah, so uh, it was fun. I guess until next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks <laughs> for listening. Bye.